Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. You can make this possible. For New York City Council members, folks, are calling for school chancellor Richard Carranza to be fired, saying that his practices are divisive. Here's what he had to say about that. Well, first of all, I'm not going to play the video. I've got him right here. Let's go right to the video. Chancellor Carranza, how you doing? I'm good, Roland. How are you? I'm just going to get right to it. Why, uh, why are so many white folks in New York scared of you? <laughs> because there's been a hegemony of uh, certain people getting all the privilege for decades and decades and decades. And when you think about the 1.1 million students in New York City's public schools, 70% of those students are black and Latino students. And we're actually uh, having a children's agenda that's based on equity for them. And the power structure doesn't like it. And so you have folks who are saying that you targeted them because of their gender, because of their race, saying that you are promoting unqualified people of color. Uh, we always hear that phrase. I never hear anybody white call somebody else white unqualified. Uh, and, 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 and it is as if um, uh, folks are just targeting you. Now you got the New York City Council 
So, uh, and so, you know, what is your position on this uh, and how are you fighting back? Well, just keep in mind, there's only seven um, uh, council members. Did we uh, did we lose? Go, there you go. You back? Okay. Yeah, I'm back. We got you. There, there was only seven that signed this letter asking the mayor to make me stop or find another chancellor. But there was over 25 uh, council members that signed another letter saying he not only needs to keep going, he needs to double down on what he's talking about because we've had historic segregation in the New York City's public schools. 19, in 2014, UCLA did a study that called us the most segregated school system in America. And how can that be in a diverse city like New York City? What's well, the systems and structures that have been put in place for a very long time to privilege some kids and not privilege others? And the thing that I keep trying to explain to people when they t throw out progressive and liberal, I keep saying a progressive white person and a conservative white person has one thing in common, protect whiteness. And the reality is this comes also down to power. This comes down to control. Even this whole battle over the elite schools there, uh, because the bottom line is those schools, did, uh, when you look at the numbers now, just the, the, the paucity of black and Latino students, they, they know that that's the gateway, some of the best schools in the country. And there are folks who want to protect their positions. Well, you know, when you think about even the, even the elite schools, uh, Stuyvesant High School in New York City, uh, nationally, internationally known, um, there's a single test that you have to take to get into Stuyvesant High School. It's not, a, it's not related to any of the state standards. It's not related to anything that kids study all day long. It's a test that's created to be a hard test. And in order to do that, do well on that test, you have to get all kinds of outside tutoring. There's a cottage industry that is sprouted up to test prep kids to death uh, at the low, low cost of thousands of dollars. And out of the 900 incoming freshman seats this coming year, nine, not 9%, nine seats are going to black students. Now, the data is incontrovertible, and the data says that the system and the structure for admitting students to specialized schools uh, is just not working, and it's not capturing the talent of the student body in, in New York City. But what makes it even more egregious, Roland, is that in 1971, the chancellor at the time uh, and the Board of Education at the time were concerned about this very issue, and they wanted to desegregate the three specialized schools at the time, Stuyvesant being one of them, and the state legislature in New York State put a state law in place requiring a single test as a sole source of admission to the specialized schools. As a direct response to the desegregation efforts that were being made in 1971 to desegregate these schools. That, that law is racist in its intent and it's still on the books. So even if I as chancellor want to change that law, which I do, even if the mayor who has mayoral control of the school system wants that gone, he does. We have to get the legislature to lift that law to even be able to do what we need to do for our children right here in New York City. You have that's a, what systemic oppression looks like. You have a school district that's majority minority, yet when you look at those who are teachers and administrators, majority white. Yes. I, I keep making this point when I travel around the country because uh, I'm an ardent supporter of charter schools. I say I support every form of education. I said, but the problem that I fundamentally have is that the ed reform movement is largely led by white folks. I said, and black folks and Latinos are tired of having somebody else tell us what's best for us.
We want to be able to control our own destiny. And that's what we're seeing here and what we're dealing with in New York City and many of these big city school districts. We're dealing with not just elite schools, but billions of dollars also at play when it comes to contracts. That's also a fundamental thing you have here. High paying positions and billions of dollars at play and who gets to control those resources. Absolutely. And, and I've been chancellor here now for 14 months. And when I arrived here, I did a top to down, top to bottom, look at the entire system and structure, uh, did a reorganization and then advertised for new senior cabinet level positions. And the talent that came out of the woodwork, not only here in New York City, but from across the country and the talent that was diverse was incredible. And I hired the most diverse cabinet that this organization has seen in the last 30 years. And it just so happens they were the best qualified, but they also reflect the diversity of our student body. And that's what you alluded to in the beginning, where, where uh, we're, we're being sued because we're being accused of uh, bringing in people of color uh, and, and moving aside uh, folks that are white. No, I'm just hiring the best qualified people that have an orientation for serving the kids that we have right now, not the kids we used to have, the kids we wish we would have had, the kids that we have right now in the school system. And what you're doing is, being someone who is Latino, you are saying, hey, I want to see everybody. We know how this game works. You, before you came to New York, you were there in Houston. I knew you went to Houston Independent School District. Same thing, majority-minority school district, okay? And it comes down to control and power, and the reality is, what I, and I have been saying this for the longest, that we're, we were operating in this age of white fear. And the white fear is about power and control. And that is who controls the resources, who can, who is in position of power to change curriculum and things along those lines. And as America becomes more uh, brown, you're seeing this resistance because folks can't stand. And let's just deal with it. They can't. Let's just I put it on the table. There, there are people there, no doubt in my mind, who cannot stand taking orders from a Latino man. Well, I should be taking their order at a restaurant, not taking orders as a chancellor. And you're absolutely right. And I call them out on that. And when they refer to students not being able to go to uh, some of the best schools in New York City, and then they say to me as a justification, well, we don't want to water down the academic talent at these schools. Well, who are they talking about? They're talking about kids that aren't represented right now. They're black and Latino kids. And they are saying that black and Latino kids don't have the academic talent to go to these schools. Yet they've been structurally shut out of opportunities to go to these schools. And then you have that coming from a Latino uh, chancellor who was an English language learner when he entered public schools. And it's like, who does this guy think he is? Who, what, what a uppity guy does he think he is? He should be quiet. Well, I'm not going to be quiet. And I'm not going to be so concerned about trying to keep my job and going along to get along that I'm not going to do my job. And my job is to serve the students. And as a chancellor, my job is to look at every system, every structure, every protocol we have in place and make sure that it is serving all of our 1.1 million students. That's what I'm doing. And as you can tell, some of the tabloids and some of the folks in the city don't like it. Last question here. I'm looking at this $90 million lawsuit that was filed against you by three senior white educators. And here's the other thing. They say they were demoted in favor of less qualified minority educators. But here's the deal. You also got a fundamental education crisis in New York City. There are a bunch of people who, frankly, need to go because the kids are not getting the education they need. We look at the test scores. 
We can look at the fact that you've got 20 and 30,000 people who are trying to get into success charter schools, getting away from a New York City uh, school system. And there are people, frankly, who've been sitting in jobs for a long time who need to go. And that's also, I think, part of this whole deal as well. So this pushback, because again, if they were doing such a great job, why, would, why, would, why are kids not learning? Absolutely. And as the CEO of a $32 billion a year organization, which is the Department of Education, I'm the CEO. There's 156,000 employees in the public school system of New York City. And as a CEO, why are people, certain people, certain tabloids, focusing on the hiring of a certain small group of people? And notice, they're not saying that there are, the people they're saying that are not qualified are all black and they're all Latino. And the people they're saying are uh, eminently qualified are white. Don't tell me there's not a racial, racial uh, um, animus to this whole, whole conversation. But this is a conversation we need to have. And the, the impact is too important. It's about our children in New York City. Right now, specifically, it's about our children in New York City. But let's not get it twisted. This is about every child that's being educated in public school systems across America. Because if we don't educate them well, in the public education system, there is another system called the criminal justice system, the school to prison pipeline that will take them off of our hands. And that's not what we want. It's a matter of life and death. And that's why I won't be silenced. We won't be silenced in this movement around equity and making sure we have the best people in the best places to serve our children is not going to stop. Chancellor Carranza, we appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you, sir. All right, then. Uh, good luck. All right, folks, let's go to our panel here. Again, well, I, I, I just want to say when he's ready to run for office, he can call me as a Democratic strategist. I will certainly, <laughs> certainly support him. I think everything he said was uh, absolutely on point. Everything that he was saying about uh, hiring and and making changes. I don't know any CEO of any company who doesn't enter in and start shifting things around and start seeing his own vision, implementing his own vision instead, his or her own vision rather than just going along with what's been done, particularly when what's been done has failed and that's the reason they're there. So what he's doing is, is the right thing to do. He's trying to serve the people of New York City better. We know that it's, uh, there's been a huge gap in between Stuyvesant and Bronx Science and Brooklyn Tech and the schools that produce you know, uh, college-ready students and the, the kids who go to their neighborhood schools that are failing. And he's trying to fix that. I, th I wish him all the best in what he's doing. Kelly, when I was at CNN, there were some white folks who had no position being in some of the positions they were in. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to put it out there. And there are other companies out there where there are some mediocre-ass white people in positions. <laughs> now, there are people out there who are white who are doing a hell of a job. But, the, but, but what you have here, and we've seen this in many other areas, is that when they, you start going after paychecks, mm -hmm. See, they love talking about inclusion, mm -hmm. diversity, mm -hmm. how these things are important. But then when it comes knocking on their door, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they now are being assessed by somebody different based upon a standard. Now folks start getting all upset. And, 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 and also we talk about those, those tabloids. Okay, look at how many white editors they have. See how diverse their so-called offices are. You ain't going to find it. And that's what we're dealing with. And I keep telling everybody, black folks and Latinos are not sitting around 
playing this little nice game. We are 24 years away from America being a nation majority of people of color. And there are white folks who are scared to death of losing power and losing money. And the whole point of this is like what you said earlier, is the fact that it is because of power. Um, but what's interesting is with uh, Carranza's, is that how you say his name? Carranza? Yeah, yeah Carranza. With, with Carranza's uh, um, plan, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, disenfranchise white people. You know, it, it's it's never a minority's job or whenever a minority is in power, that's the most inclusive, that's the most diverse, that's the most beneficial system that we always ever have. There's never been a time where it's just been about black and brown people. Whenever something benefits black and brown people, it ultimately also benefits white people. So when when he talks about these, uh, these initiatives that he has, and I was reading how... Um, they wanted to change the three R's to five R's, one of them being restorative justice and race enrollment. Even with race enrollment, it is to balance out things. It's never taking away from anybody. It's never subtracting value. It always adds value to uh to uh, implement diversity and to actually restore things to a, a balance that benefits everyone. So it, it's, it's really frustrating. I can only imagine how frustrated he is in trying to just actually do his job and make sure that everyone benefits from a city that's supposed to be beneficial to everyone. Key thing he said, Malik, $32 billion. Yeah. That's the key thing. <laughs> that's what we're dealing with, and that's why we're dealing with again this white fear of where America is going because it's like oh my goodness they're coming for my jobs now it's some mediocre people who need to move on to their own divine good and he's helping them get there yeah, well this is what you I'll, I'll say the two things based on just this case and the um, gentleman who was on you know it, I'll start where you were at the beginning of your comments talking about this is what this is why I support charter schools not as the answer to our uh, problem with our education here but an answer and the second part of that is that this really this entire situation speaks to the to the need of our our uh, to the necessity for us to focus on local issues a lot of times we into you know some there's some reason why that's so and some are good reasons and then some are not but we a lot of times we get as far as black people we get ourselves caught up in the national discussion and we lose focus on those local issues if he had the people of new york city behind him pushing for his you know supporting his efforts that's something that really can affect the citizens of new york no it's not a it's not a, a, a national thing you're not going to have national politicians going out there yeah, every, everything has? in new york is but, national like New York City. No, but but I'm talking about here I'm talking about the need for local involvement in local politics. No, it's happening. That no, first, local, of all, first of all that local is local politics matter. The full support of the mayor. He's got other people. We talked about all those council members. But what you're dealing with here, Kelly, again, what you're dealing with the individuals who also have access to media. Mm -hmm. And see this is and this is the piece that people don't understand. This is why we at the National Association of Black Journalists continue to put pressure on these companies. Just yesterday, the perfect example, just yesterday, CNN named Janita Du, mm. uh, Senior Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion. Mm. All right, made a big deal. She's gonna be reporting to Jeff Zucker. First of all, when Jeff Zucker got to CNN in 2013, Janita Du was head of the Diversity Council. He demoted her. 
he made Geraldine Mariba the VP for diversity. Mm -hmm. Two years later, she left. And then Ramon took over. He became head of diversity. Mm -hmm. So this is not a promotion. She went from, she was there, got demoted, now she's back. But she's a lawyer. Right. She's not a news exec. Right. She has no journalism background. Right. She's a lawyer. And so we blasted him back saying, oh, guess what? You still don't have any black news journalists. managers, journalists making making editorial decisions at your company. Hmm. He must have thought that by nominating her, that's going to cause us to back off. Mm -hmm. Y'all go to my Instagram page. I have I, I played the video for the movie yeah. Malcolm X where uh, he oh, says, okay, yeah, break it up. Y'all got what y'all want. And he says, no, I'm not. I'm still not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And that's our position. And that's what this is all about. And Zucker keeps wanting to sit here and come after me saying, oh, Roland Martin set CNN back because of the town hall. First of all, I ain't seeing no email. Donna Brazil did. So you got issues call her. But here's what's interesting. He has yet to, in 100 days, yet to address our initial criticism. Why you ain't got no black folks? Mm. He keep trying to call my name all he want to. But he is not. Jeff Zucker refuses to address the issue, why you don't have any black folks. And these these papers that Karan was talking about, it's the exact same thing. These high-ranking positions, the exact same thing. What people need to understand, we talk about syst systematic racism, mm -hmm. is that we're talking about systems. Mm -hmm. where you have a sprinkle, sprinkle mm -hmm. of color. A few black people here, a few Latino people here. In media, they're like, hey, you got Robin Roberts. You got Al Roker. Right. You got Gail King. Right. And guess what? Public faces. Guess what? They're on air. Right. And I'm it. talking about a person who is sitting in that suite, executive suite who says, this is what we're covering today. Mm -hmm. This is where we're sending our resources. This is what we're focusing on. And that's what Carranza is doing. What he is saying is, as a Latino man, I'm looking at this whole situation from my perspective and saying, how in the hell can I have a district that's damn approaching 80% mm -hmm. minority? Because mm -hmm. all the white folks in New York send their kids to private school. Mm -hmm. uh, and go, this has, this has to change. Right. And so now, Kelly, I'm going to open it up. Oh, my goodness. Look at the diverse resumes. These are the folks who want to work for the New York City public school system. Whereas the previous folks shut out those people. That's the difference when you got black folks and Latino folks of conscious. I did work for a quasi-Negro at CNN. But this is what happens when you got, no, I did. When the number two at CNN had the audacity to say that there were no African-Americans at CNN at the time who were qualified to host a show, a black man told NABJ that. Wow. That's why when he got fired, we ain't say nothing. But the point I'm saying here is... This is what happens when you have people of conscience who say, I am not going to continue to be a part of a system that locks us out. That's what he's saying here. And it, you said everything that I was going to say, but to reiterate, this is a problem of power. And once black people are in a position of power, that's when white people and white adjacent people scurry and get threatened and try to reinforce the power that they already have. So what Carranza's doing is, like you said, if you think of it kind of like a machine, 
and you ha like you said like a little sprinkle like black people are just like little gears in the machine but they're the gears that people can see in the machine so if you think like a grandfather clock you see those gears moving and yes they are integral part of said clock they are integral part of the machine but if you take one out that clock will still work if you take that black person out that machine will still work we need to be in a position where we're not just a little mechanical gear we are actually the engine we are actually the transmission something that actually will propel the machine to move forward and J and jason what this also speaks to is that when a richard carranza creates the opportunities for people of color who are black who are latino what then happens is when somebody else wants a superintendent they didn't look to that. Right. It's the same thing, I, again, and I need people to understand. Why are we constantly riding Jeff Zucker? Because when another network is looking for a number one or number two or number three, where are they going to look? If they don't have any intro candidates, mm -hmm. they're going to look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's nobody at CNN, mm -hmm. can't hire somebody there. If there's, if, if, who's at NBC? Who's at ABC? Who's at CBS? Who's at Fox? That's how this system works. So when you look up and you got two or three amongst all the networks, mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to get a shot. In the history of the media business, an African-American has never been a network president. Wow. Mm. Never. Wow. Never. We talk about schools. If you actually count up the number of black and Latino superintendents, we are not talking about a hell of a whole lot. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a small pool of people. What he's also doing is creating the next generation of superintendents, and that's why they're upset, because that's the high-paying jobs. That's the ones who have the power. And what happens with superintendents? They go from one place sure to the next one. To another one. To the yeah. next one. Mm -hmm. To the next one. Exactly. And like head football coaches in, in, in football and basketball, they create a coaching tree. Mm -hmm. People who they bring in. So if I'm white, I keep bringing in the same white folks. Mm -hmm. Guess who's going to be the next superintendents? Then when they become superintendents, who they going to hire? Same folk. Then when they get same folk, that's why all of a sudden they're calling this toxic whiteness or he's afraid of white people. Give me a break. <laughs> Final comment. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely correct. He's, uh, and, and what he's doing is, is a really good thing, number one, because people of color and children of color, at least I can tell you in the state of Maryland, for example, are the majority. Mm -hmm. They are the majority of people under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. so, so how goes young kids of color is how goes the nation. Mm -hmm. If you want to improve the, the education and uh, improve the prospects of this entire nation, you need to focus on children of color. And we know that there has been a gap in terms of reading, in terms of math skills. We need to address that. And if we don't, we will fail as a nation. That's right. And so, uh, Richard Carranza, keep it up, keep fighting. And let me say this right now to Jeff Zucker. If you think we are going away, you are wrong. To every other media company, we will hold you accountable as well. And this stuff is happening. 
Wall Street, hedge funds, corporate America, schools, you name it, because this generation of black folks, we are not asking your permission. We are demanding equality. We're demanding freedom. And we're not going to sit idly by as another generation keeps getting major positions that pay top dollar. And then black folks are at the bottom getting small amounts of dollars. And then you say y'all should be happy. In the words of Malcolm X, I'm not satisfied. All right, folks, back to that Hallmark unfiltered video in just one moment. All right, folks, they're back. MarijuanaStock.org is another great investment opportunity. Now, if you were lucky enough to invest in their last crowdfunding campaign, you know they raised a bunch of money in just a few months investing in legal marijuana farms. Those initial investors now own shares of a publicly traded company. Folks, now again, a lot of y'all missed it, but now you have a second chance. They have a new investment opportunity that is as good, if not even better, than the last. I'm talking about industrial hemp CBD. Now, for those who don't know, the hemp plant is the cousin to marijuana with a much higher concentration of CBD, which means hemp CBD gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Now, until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill changed all of that, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all the plants, which makes for an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is real simple. They buy the land that supports the hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to license high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords. And you can get in on the action. You can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks, up to $10,000. Folks, if you want to invest, Go to MarijuanaStock.org, that's MarijuanaStock.org, to get in the game. Now back to your Roland Martin Unfiltered video. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. 
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.